King was good in this episode. I will admit, King mm-hmm. was good in this episode. He, he, did, he didn't he talk that much. Have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's not the best compliment you can give a character. <laughs> Two, one. I will. Ah. <laughs> Maybe you should keep that in the video. Yeah. Everyone's saying that at the same time. Okay, well, I mean, I think that's the first thing we should talk about. Uh, so the most significant thing that we noticed in this episode is that when Ida is checking off her list of ingredients, uh, one of the things listed is iQuills, comma, ass. <laughs> And we are unsure if ass is a word that is cut off or if they just wrote ass. Like, we don't understand what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> like, it, like it, assassin? It, I don't know. Like, it, it must be a word that's cut off, but it doesn't, like, look like it. And, like, you like, would think no... that they would notice that. <laughs> they must have noticed that. They must have noticed I mean, Like, I... most letters would have, like, a tall part yeah, getting cut I, off. Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, maybe it's. If maybe it really is eye quills and then ass quills, because if it's ass quills, there would be a dash between ass and quills, uh, and the dash wouldn't be shown. True. <laughs> I feel so bad this is what we're talking about after that episode. Because <laughs> I thought it was. No, we got to talk. We like, have to talk about wonderful. the funny thing before we get to the. The heavy stuff. Okay. That's oh, talking fine. of funny stuff, um, the Blight siblings. They look so cute yeah, when know, they Blight. took off their. <laughs> their like, I know. Their... Oh my god, he's so cute. I've been having them on the entire. T- I I love that. That is absolutely mad. Like yeah. that is Adventure Time levels of chaos. Like the fact that they have been hiding their puberty puberty. Um, you, you and, know, like their long clothes, hair. Like always yeah, being why? Edric was hiding his glasses. They're so yeah. cute. Uh, I feel like having having invisible glasses is, I don't know, would cause some kind of issue. Like you would lose them. I, I, I guess not. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, so for me, maybe this is the case with you guys too, but this is an episode that like, kind of skyrocketed in quality once that thing happened not that it wasn't good it was good um but then once they reveal what Luz was nervous about i was like oh okay there's our, oh i agree there's I our was, uh, there's our juicy tw- uh, twitter invasion moment i was a little nervous that she was just worried to be like well today my mom and i hang out and i miss her and i didn't want to tell you and i was just like that's not a good enough reason to be dishonest and i was like oh okay yeah. because even tipsy said it during the episode like it was reminding her of steven universe and i i was getting that same sort of feeling and i was sitting there like just hoping like they'll subvert it right like it's not just going to be a very basic like she's lying but then she's going to realize that she shouldn't be lying it's like no she was lying about an extremely realistic depressing thing that yeah. makes sense for her to to be so nervous about. Yeah, and it also makes it also makes perfect sense that she like thought she could deal with it. She was like, "This happened a long time ago." And yeah, it's not really a big deal anymore. But like, it is because she doesn't get to see her mom because she's in a different world. And they did that stupid thing that I love when there's like a character that's always goofy, and then they have that like really serious moment, and then she tries to get up and fall. She's like, I got jelly legs. And I'm like, you poor sweet heart. <laughs> I'm like, no. It's just so Aww. good. But 
Yeah, I really like Luz's mood change at the end of the episode because Luz is usually very peppy. She's either peppy, like very peppy, or she's anxious and hiding something like she was the majority of this episode. It's either one or the other. You never get an outright, like, depressed or serious lose, and we did at the end of this episode, and I really appreciated that. I think it adds a lot more to her, to show her going through different emotions, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I need you guys to know something. I'm not... I'm not one to be a big shipper. Like, I really don't... That's not really my thing. I don't do it often. But, like, I genuinely think, like, Amity and Luce is, like, one of my favorite relationships in any media. Yeah. Just the way it's portrayed. Uh, and that's, like, quite quite a big thing to say. But, like, just the way <laughs> the way they interact and just the the healthiness of it and the, realis- the realism. I'm just, like, so impressed with the writing. Seriously. Yeah. But that, that's, a, that's a point that I remember I talked about forever ago. It's just, like... It's really even the fact that the main character is in a wholesome relationship, like, at all that is interesting about this show, because we never get that. If a show is going to build up to a relationship, it's going to be the last episode, or it's going to be, like, you, like a weird, like, misunderstanding, or, like, one character's, like, kind of a stalker, or, like, things like that. Like, we never just get a straightforward, like, super cute um, dyna- like- dynamic like this. When she's like, I'm leaving without both of you, and she goes invisible, and then Luce follows her, Amity just, like, kind of immediately opens up to her. There's no, like, force, like, I'm not talking to you, like, sort of thing. It was just so real. Like, Amity just, like, went right into it and was honest about her feelings, and I'm just like, oh, my God. This is so good. Yeah, when, um, when they made Amity and Luce, like, a canon, canon pairing so early on, I was kind of happy because... Um, it meant that we'd have more time with them as a couple going through couple problems um, before the end of the show. And I, I knew there would be couple problems, and this is an example of them having those relationship issues and dealing with them in a healthy way rather than, well, what Stephen Universe did, which is a prolonged, unhealthy way of dealing with things. I suspect we'll get more like this in the future. They, they will probably have more relationship issues in the future. And we may or may not like those storylines, depending. Uh, I don't like feel particularly attached to the couple my, myself in terms of relating to them. Like, like, I don't really relate strongly to either character. And I've never dated anyone, so I can't relate to their relationship. But the fact is... They are the first example of like um, gay cartoon characters having an on-screen, ongoing relationship, and of cartoon characters in general having an ongoing relationship. You never see that in kids' media. You never see teenage dating. Yeah. So that's what makes them special to me, I yeah. think. Especially, especially too, like, just, like, there, you're right that there's just, there's not gay representation in anything and like if there is it would like be a side character in like an adult animated cartoon where like it's just like a stereotype where it's just like you know it's not actually really representation it's just like oh this is like the gay one ha 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 like yeah the only the only example i can think of is spinnerada and the tosser and shira like that is the only example oh yeah yeah when you have gay characters in an on-screen relation. Oh, and bubbling. But bubbling was like almost entirely subtextual in comparison until the se- into the series finale, and and Obsidian. So that's kind of different. Yeah, I would I would say that's 
very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very different. Liberty is very open about itself. It's very confident. It's much more representative and comfortable with what it is, even if it's new ground. I've also never dated, but that's because Aero, and I, I still like relate to them on just like on a relationship level. Like it doesn't have to be a romantic thing. Just like admiring how these two characters are interacting with each other in such like an admirable and healthy way and how they can show they can show characters getting angry at each other or or having a relationship issue without it being the cookie cutter like they're angry and they're giving them the silent treatment and then they resolve it at the end of the episode it's like they can be angry but also accepting and open about their feelings that's not something that just often is shown people are really black and white with that stuff usually so it's really nice to see like such a complex sort of thing and I'm like, hell yeah, love it, you know? You know what else I love? Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode had so many characters intermingling that hadn't, yeah. but like all at once, but in such a fun way. <laughs> Just like Ida and, uh, his name's Elric, right? I'm sorry, I always want to say like, Edric. Edric. I was going to say his name. Sounds too much like Ida. Yeah, she's... <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, oh, I always want to say Edric, but it's Elric, right? No, okay, I was right. No, but Edric and Ida and just like... Uh, it's funny seeing the the warden again, and also Ida and Amity's dad. Even. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, they have a history. You know, and then King and and Edric, like just kind of connecting and having like a good King moment there, where he just sort of casually says what he's feeling instead of going like, you know, I relate to that as King. I'm always feeling bad because like he just said like I get it, and I'm just like as Bam, King from nice. the Owl House. I relate to this moment. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was uh, it was really really good. Seriously, but like when when Edric like started walking away and then the camera like focused on him and he was like, "I'm feeling sad." I was like, "Hold on, how is how is this going to be an Edric episode in addition to everything else that's been set up so far?" But then it was, and it like worked really well. Yeah. Well, that too, like something that I always appreciate, especially with this show, uh, like just having him mention like, "Oh, I I do like." what is it beastkeeping magic as a hobby and also like this other thing it's always nice to hear about like what the characters are doing off screen where he's like oh this guy's actually really interested in these other things he's not just one dimensional illusion zany brother you know (laughs) and he looks cuter without the illusion magic just saying also the fight scenes super cool oh my god i love it oh my god someone else talk (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of what to say because it's it's just like um especially compared to how i felt about the previous episode anyways it's like this episode was establishing itself like it it was a a good filler episode i know that's like a wrong thing to say filler but like you know up until we got like that moment of Luz talking about her dad that's when i was like whoa okay this is like this is like an episode that's like Hmm. doing something that kind of you know is very rare for a well, cartoon what to even made do. you think it was going to be a full um, episode because as soon as like as soon as Luz like was like saying or thinking anything about her mom I, I just, was like okay well, this I, is going to be something's going to happen in this one I just mean the I just mean I the get scenario what saying because it's like I want to join the brawl and it's like oh it's the zany brawl episode exactly <laughs> like, yeah sort of thing it's like it's the it's the it's the mandated wrestling episode mm. like it didn't seem like it was like okay they're going here to like earn this item and do this thing like it was like okay. a very direct like okay they want to do like but a the thing is that it was like, like all of those things that's what i got it just works so well yeah. like yeah i, I think but, i think maybe you're just used to like what like only one thing happening it's just like oh this is the tournament episode so no room for very sad 
honest scenes or anything, but it's just like, we were wrong. What's the name of Amity's father? Uh, Mr. Amity. They just said it. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Amity. Alador. That's his name. Alador Blight. I thought he was, like, quite interesting in this episode. I always found him to be, like, y you know, he was always just, like, the quiet guy dad, in the background. Yeah. You knew that, like, <laughs> he, he's quiet. He's obviously, like, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit what of a bad scientist guy. And we never hear Yeah, what was interesting was it him. seemed like the dynamic was Amity's mom was really, really overbearing and he was just kind of quiet and kept to himself and he didn't really want to, like, get in her business or, like, defy her. But he had, like, in this episode, it's surprising to see him being the one being like, no, Amity, you do this. I thought that was more of an Amity mom thing, but I'm well, like, oh, okay. They're it kind of is, though, because he was only doing that because Amity's mom signed her up for the Emperor's Coven thing. No, I mean, no, I think it's, like, a lot more complicated than it's just Amity's mum's fault. Amity's father has also been, like, um, putting pressure on her. I mean, well, she's yeah. in the Abomination Coven. Her, her mother's not in the Abomination Coven, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, I, what? And yeah. and the thing is, like, it's made clear, it's, like, it's made very apparent, like, for the same reason that Riddle was on the Abomination track, if you recall. Um, she was put on there by her her fathers who love her because you get more money out of it when you get a job for it. But um, it's clear, like, that's kind of the intention with Amity as well. I mean, she loves her abomination magic, she really does. But her, when her dad said that he used to mess around a lot and that's why he doesn't want Amity to do the same, it, it's made pretty transparent that her parents are putting expectations on her yeah, that they were not able to meet themselves. They're kind of hoping that she's more successful than they are and that she has the respect of the Emperor's Coven, which does not like them at all and which is currently using their tech. So um, he he's also like a problematic parent in, in regard of... Especially when you see him trying to control her in this episode and humiliating her um, in the competition. Oh. It's kind of controlling. Th it's not like the worst ever. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely like bad. A thing I have and to bring up before I forget really fast because uh, they did this twice in the show and I liked it a lot both times. Remember in, I think, it, well, Understanding Willow is the episode and Amity and Willow were like sort of like going to become friends again and they were sort of just like, it's a start. Um, at the end of this episode, when the dad was like kind of on Amity's side a little bit. And he went to hug. She like went for the handshake instead, and was just like, "It's a good first step." Yeah. I'm like, "Hell yeah!" I, I like the oh, whole like yeah. not getting yeah. right into like, "I love you, Dad." You're Finally, right. Huh? We were you talking know? about this like earlier this season with uh, Ida's mom episode, anti-vaxxer episode. I barely remember that episode. Yeah. It's been a while, if I'm being honest. <laughs> what was it? What were our opinions on that one again? Did we like how they handled it? Did we not like how they handled it? I can't remember. It basically, like it wasn't. It, it, you know, it was more like a cartoon ending of an episode than it was like this, like what Chan just said. So, like instead of a slow burn, like relationship rebuilding, it's like all is forgiven. I learned my cartoon lesson in twenty two minutes. Yeah. Oh right. I think we were fine with it, but like it was definitely worse than than this. 
I think, but I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was what happened with her and Willow. Like they were like, it's a start, or was it Amity and no, it was Amity and Luce, yeah, no, wasn't no, it? I, Maybe when they first were getting. I don't. I think it was no, because because Willow and Amity used to be friends or whatever. Okay, I so it, was I, it probably was. Right. Right. But still, like again, like oh, it's just so good, and I'm, I'm not even like I'm not limiting this to cartoons. I'm I'm talking about like just media in general. How much of it is just like such unrealistic just people and their relationships where it's so like black and white how they're feeling and i'm like yes i love it it's so good in this not the black and white yeah i mean it's a it's a thing because like the the black and white idea of it is just like it just kind of makes sense to write that way like whether or not it's realistic that's just how you kind of would write a 20 minute story unless you're doing what the owl house is doing which you know like, yeah you're gonna exactly have i mean it makes sense on the same sort of you know, thing for sure yeah so it's like it's like a tired trope but it's a trope yeah i totally get why it exists like but i also very, as a viewer reason. am happy to enjoy something different yeah something different um hmm what else i feel like we covered most of the episodes. Like I don't know. It's such a it's such a packed episode. More to talk about. El Bistita. That's cool. Or Harpy. I like a that that was like our first instance of seeing her just like being able to pop yes. into it, right? Like just effortlessly. Like control her transformation and also just partially transform. And also yeah. when when only her arm was in harpy mode, like I noticed that the color of her harpy arm and her like shirt sleeve were the same color and there was no like it looks like it was just one continuous thing I thought that was a little funny king was good in this episode i will admit king mm-hmm. was good in this episode he, he, did, he didn't he talk did that much have, yeah exactly <laughs> like that's not the best compliment you can give a character <laughs> but like you know again he could have talked more which is why he was good it's just like exactly no but like okay let me let me go into it a little bit first of all king trolling Ida by telling everyone Mm -hmm. like by telling everyone that um she's trying to get information from her ex is really funny yeah and then him in the beginning like hugging loose but also being cute but also being mischievous and like dang this is the characterization i wish king had all the time (laughs) And, and like king king's interactions with edric blight and and edric's like uh i feel like people don't take me seriously which is a new by the way <laughs> and then and then king's like i feel your buddy and then helps him i'm like i like that when characters who were you know kind of treated kind of like coddled a lot then they just grow up a bit and help support other characters in the same way that they need support I just really like that sort of thing. I agree, and I also adore Amity's siblings. Like, even in the first episode, when you maybe... They could have been like, oh, these are the bully sibling characters. Because they were being, like, kind of jerks to Amity. But, mm-hmm. like, since then, like... Oh, my God. I, I just... They're so... I love them, and they're really supportive, and it's really nice. And they must be... I don't know... Proud, I guess, that, like, Amity... Because you know how, like, rigid and, like, proper she used to be? And now she's just kind of turning into her own person. And then they... You can tell that they're happy with that and just, like, are there for her. And I'm like, that's really sweet. I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that they hide... They hide themselves both, like, part, both like from their parents so that their parents don't ask them awkward questions, like, about Edric's dress code, which is very funny. Well, it's interesting to think um, about. Maybe they, that's the reason why they were the illusions. It's just their parents, mostly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also from, like, other people, because they haven't 
got that self-confidence with themselves to just be anything other than the cute um, the cute twins, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they spent the entire episode separated, which is also a first, I think, for those two. I also like how um, she saw him get the bad girl coven. Oh, and that Emma part was so cute! I want, I want all three Blight kids to join the bad girl coven. Oh, I, we yes. forgot to talk about the most important part of the episode, which is Amity's outfit after she got those illusions. Like, lost oh my, my mind, adorable. The, the glasses and everything. Can't stand so it. Cute. So cute. Uh, I mean, normality looks perfectly fine. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She barely looks any different, but she's just got a cute dress on. That reminds me, actually. <laughs> like, Amity's wrestling outfit was, like, a little bit of a disguise. Uh, not much, but a little bit. Whereas Luce just, like... I mean, everyone, like, everyone in, in town knows who Luce is, right? She's the human going to witch school. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, does it matter? You know, but does, uh, is this wrestling thing, like, a? I mean, it's, it is a public event to some degree, at least, but I'm just kind of confused about that. Is she still concerned about people figuring that out at this point? No, but it's like, is this an illegal wrestling thing, or... No, like, I don't you know, she dropped off... Something that's bothering me now is, you know Amity's glasses, were they real or fake? Were they part of the illusion? I, I mean, I think they were fake. But, because oh, she they fell! Left them, oh, yeah. She left them on the floor! Whoa, I didn't think about that. Well, they're, they're so, real until she deactivates the magic from those crystals. How about that? Oh, okay. Because right. Edric's, Edric's glasses... We never see them. They could fall on the floor, and he'd never know. And then, and then Amity's glasses don't even exist and fall on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think oh no, my alarm! Fine. Two seconds. Is it your mom alarm? You have to silence it's my it. Netflix, oh. It's my Netflix alarm because we never like are on this late, so I forgot to turn it off. Your Netflix alarm, like four o'clock Netflix <laughs> time. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 9 oh, okay. p.m. here is oh, Netflix right, right, time. Right. Time zones. Yeah. So Iquil's ass. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wait, how many syllables is that? Iquil's ass. <laughs> oh, just three. <laughs> Iquil's ass. Sorry, I'm already okay, so, working on my haiku. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Ahead just of the thought process I had based on what I said earlier about how I want all the all the black kids to join the bad girl coven. If they do that. Um, and make a big deal out of it, I guess. What position do you think that would put their parents in? Because their parents are working for the Emperor, but they don't like it. I think that's gonna be, like, an inevitability of, um, Amity's parents being asked to, like, turn against her. I mean, I, I haven't seen any sign that they'd get involved, so it's possible that they'll just, um, overlook that potential conflict entirely and just skip past it, but if Amity's parents are told to send abominations after her, then I think they will, like, be very uncomfortable with the idea and, um, be in conflict. It, it would be very easy for Amity to get them to switch sides, potentially. Um, if anything would test their allegiance to the Emperor, it would be having to challenge their own children mm -hmm. um, in any way other than giving them a slap on the wrist for joining the bad girl coven. Yeah, also, yeah, Amity, like, really likes abominations. I mean, like, it's not a surprise, really. I don't know. Because, you know, she's been using them the whole show, but, but she was like, yeah, you get it. 
it's abomination colored. That's why I chose purple for my hair. Yeah, I don't I don't think so, Amity. You can't get out of that one that easily. You definitely chose purple because that's Luz's favourite colour, be honest uh-huh. with yourself. Though it being abomination colour does make it seem like more of a permanent change than it being Luz coloured. Because you can imagine, like, the honeymoon phase of the relationship, she's like, Oh, yes, I gotta have everything in purple, because my girlfriend loves purple, and I love my girlfriend. And then, and then like, after, like, a year or something, she's like, Okay, I want to change my hair colour to brown again. Or she to, should do uh, that. She should blue. make her hair different colours at different times. Exactly. Like, she should experiment. But yeah, she totally chose purple, because that's Luz's favourite colour. Don't, don't lie. Don't lie to me, Amity. Uh, I mean, I love that headcanon, so... But it's also, it's also her, one of her favorite colors as well, so, you know. I don't know how you remember that. Did Luz say that was her favorite, or is that just your headcanon? It's just the favorite, it's just the bloody color that Luz wears every single time she's on screen. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's true. Uh, Even her, Lucy's, like, favorite, Lucy's favorite color is actually chocolate. I'm trying to think if there's anything we didn't address in the episode yet. What about the thing that the uh, guard guy said about the... Oh, yeah, that was pretty important. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like Day of Unity, he said... What did he say? He was like, uh, we're going to become one with the Titan, but it's not going to be good for magic users or something. Not just world magic users, all magic users. Yeah. So it's possible that it's not just... I, I don't know what it means. Maybe it's the way that the Titan is going to, life is going to separate the magics. It's going to hurt all magic users. I don't know. It's um, very curious, but. I mean, it's like Day of Unity. They're all unified because none of them can use magic anymore. Sort of thing. Like, I, I was yeah, like, maybe. he's not gonna. This isn't gonna be a star ending, please. Don't be a star. Don't don't well, like, do a star cause, versus. Because we have the the knowledge that Bellus is has the door and is trying to get it open. That when he said, you know, a utopia without wild magic, and we also know that wild magic doesn't work on the human world. Like, then we you know assumed, at least I did, that that meant he was going to try and bring everyone into the human world. But like, what do what do the people of the Boiling Isles think he means when he says that? God fucking knows. Nobody yeah. seems to have any opinion about it. They're just like, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Guess yeah, the it's emperor's not, it's not even like, It's not even like the people of the island really are concerned about, like, Luz being a human or whatever. Like, it's not yeah, like... No. I guess there's... Like, it's the human realm's the only other realm, I guess. It's not like it's something people... Not that they know about. I mean, they know about it, I guess, but they don't see a purpose in it or anything. Yeah. But it's just I mean, like that guy, that you know, I forget his name. He, they said his name like a few times in the episode and I don't remember it. The uh, Warden? The Warden. Rath. He's not a Warden anymore because he got demoted. Because he yeah. stole lunches. <laughs> <laughs> like, he said, you know, the, the this new world is not going to be it's not going to be good for us magic users. So he, like, he thinks there's going to be a new world, but what does he think that means? Does he think the world he is currently in is going to change significantly? By whatever happens on the day of unity well i'm not good at theories and that sent that whole thing just made me more confused about what whatever motive is going on but my theory now is that the emperor is going to melt everybody and their life force is going to bring the titan back and then the, the finale is going to be like gravity falls where we have a giant titan <laughs> robot battle oh Every so every every character who's still alive will join the bad girl coven. They'll be rocking the t-shirts, so you know they'll be flying on their broomsticks and stuff, and they'll be fighting the the, the 
reimagined Titan. There you go. Every character who's still yeah. alive. <laughs> and everyone else is yeah. dead. I do expect I mean, there to I mean, be... Maybe, like... maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll come back, but they shouldn't. <laughs> I do expect there to be some sort of big final battle with a lot of characters that we've known uh, for a while just wearing the Bad Girl Coven shirt. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bad Girl Coven's, like, the final stand against the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would love that. I'd love them to all just have Bad Girl Coven shirts <laughs> for, like, just because... I want that shirt. I need, I need it right now okay we've, we've been going for a while i think we should wrap up soon but first one last thing hunter's texts oh yes oh yeah, yeah. usually texts and shows are like i'm like no one would say that but they like wrote it so well it was like period <laughs> me alone and then he sends like a picture of his palisman in a little blanket and he's like sorry wrong person yeah. who do you think he someone said willow and i agree yeah, I, I think said, that's a cute I, idea i said willow because he like he i mean he doesn't have very many friends there's a lot of options that was really oh my god oh, there's so god. much there's so many good jokes in this episode can I rate it? Yeah. I give it a 10. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. A 10. Uh-huh. I, I, I think there's some like, really powerful moments in the episode, but I don't think the quality is consistent enough for a 10. I think it's more like an, uh, an 8. It was very entertaining and definitely above what I would score a 7. So I think an eight is a good score for this episode. I know that's the same score that I gave, like the body swap episode in season one, but it's not the same because season one was season one and season two was just significantly better. So, so you know, guys, it's it doesn't mean it's only as good as the body swap episode. But yeah, I give it an eight out of ten. I think I agree with that, and I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, you know, the whole depressing dad thing that genuinely made me quite emotional like that boosted up like like 50 percent. just just that aspect of it oh uh, so you're going eight too yes yeah i think i agree with both of you like it, like good episode leagues better than the body swap one from season one which i gave like <laughs> the lowest score i've ever given i think uh <laughs> yeah i don't know like i i guess i, I I always feel like I have to justify my score, and I I don't know I don't know why I think it's not a perfect. I get game, it, but like I it feels it like an eight to me. It feels like it's a really good episode, so it's an eight. I get one to justify because I said ten, and you all rated it lower, and I just like started sweating. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm an idiot. I'm ten. No, no, no. No, I like it struck a chord with me for sure, like on a deep level. Not just one thing, like the thing Luce said, the way Amity and her, like the relationships, like just it, 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 it. The quality was too, too good for me to not give that a ten for me. So, yeah. I respect your eights, though. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think some something we missed out on on talking about is like this is kind this is sort of a dad-centric episode mm. like where we have Amity making up with her dad while we learn about what happened to Luz's. And oh, Luz yeah. saying she's jealous even though Amity's got a rough relationship with her dad Luz feels jealous that she has a dad and that she's able to talk with him and connect with him even if it's a broken relationship and she's just not able to tell Amity that. Oh my god. Oh my god, 11. 11 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> 11 out of 10. <laughs> Alright, I pre-wrote. More, more sad dad plot lines. Let's go. Come I, on, cartoons. I pre-wrote, uh, I pre-wrote my haiku this time because I just had an inspiration. So, yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Here it comes. They said I quills ass. Are they allowed to say that? Disney won't be pleased. 
Chan. The last line, I, I went through so many revisions. I kept saying like they'll be canceled. I'm like, dang it, they already were. And then I kept, <laughs> then I kept saying like they're gonna pull this episode from Disney Plus. I'm like, that's too many syllables. <laughs> we got there at the end. Perfect. We we opened yeah. and closed on the same note. <clears throat> yeah. Once again, that was the most important thing in the episode. Yeah.